Jesus, there's nothing impossible When all I see are the ashes Losing a beauty When all I see is a cross God, you see the empty tomb
Well, good morning, Southview Baptist. How are we? Awesome. All right. So glad to have you with us here today. It is cold and rainy. You know what no one on earth has ever said? I love it when it's 39 degrees and raining. That's just my favorite. Oh, you need to get saved. That's just wrong. No. But Psalm 118 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Even in days where you look outside and just go, ugh, what is the point of this? Even in that, God has made this day so that we could uniquely see him, worship, glorify, honor, praise him. So we're so glad that you're here today doing that. Also, real quick, can we do this for me? While you pulled in the parking lot, parked your car, and ran as fast as you could to try to get inside, we have a group of people outside in the parking lot, staying in the rain and the cold, trying to help you do that. Our parking lot crew, can you real quick give them a big hand, please? I mean, they are out there, they're out there killing it. They are uh, running back and forth with umbrellas. I've seen them outside um, uh, doing valet parking for ladies. Uh, you're like, pull up underneath, we'll park your car for you. I mean, they are out there serving the Lord and serving you uh, in uh, not the greatest weather. So as you leave, find one of those folk uh, and tell them thank you. because They really are. They do it because they love you, they love the Lord, they just want to serve. So... Please tell them thank you as, you as you leave. So, but for us today, as we jump into our time together, um, I want to begin by reading a scripture to us. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I, I want you to notice that the end goal, the desire there is finding God. But look how it has to happen. You will find God by seeking Him with all of your heart. Uh, That's going to be the drive for our time together today. Looking at this idea of seeking God, seeking the face of God. So I want to begin our time together by giving you a chance just to kind of sit before the Lord. And all I want you to do right now is ask God to show you any area of your life in which you're not seeking him with your whole heart. Because here's the truth. Every single person in this room, there isn't a single person in here who is right now seeking God truly with everything that you have. No one on earth is seeking God fully in accordance with the glory and honor due his name. Right? No, we're all growing in that. So I want you to begin your time here today asking God to show you any area of your life in which you need to surrender more of your heart to God. What area of your life are you holding on to? How is it that you, today, need to call out to the Lord, seeking Him with a whole heart? Uh, Bow your heads for me and take just a minute, you and God, and just ask, Lord, show me today. My heart is open before you. You just show me any area of my life in which I'm not seeking you with my whole heart.
Lord, we just ask you that you would do this. We, right now, we lay ourselves before you and we ask you to search our hearts because we trust you. We trust you. We trust you that you're going to only do what is good. Today may be a day where you do some cutting, where you point out some things that, that might be difficult to hear. But God, ultimately right now, we just place our trust in you. We ask you that you would search our hearts and show us any areas in which we are not seeking you with all that we have. And that when we see that, we would confess that, turn from that, repent, and seek you with all of our heart because you promise to be found by us when we do so. We ask Jesus that you would do this. We trust you for it. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, everybody stand. We're going to begin our time together by singing in worship. And I want to encourage you again, with your whole heart, that means don't just mumble the words that are on the screen, but with a full heart, say, God, this is my call to you. Do this in me. Let's sing. Good morning, church. Let's sing of the glories of our Lord Jesus the Christ. Come on. Bye. 
real quick, so last week I had the, I had the, the pleasure of being able to not lead you in worship, but worship with you, you know, and we let some of our youth uh, come up here and lead the church, and didn't they do a wonderful job? They did a good, good job, yes. And, and it's not so much their talent I admire, but it really is their hearts for God and to serve Him through serving you. But, what, but two things that I got out of last week, two of the big things. One, so I was upstairs and just the chance to get to hear the saints sing together in the room, it's so it's so encouraging because we don't hear things quite the same way that you guys do. So, so your singing certainly helps to sort of encourage each other, right? But the other thing I noticed was that as we played this next song, Another in the Fire, there's a couple and they're down and they're near the front row and the husband is, he's, he's pretty sick, right? He He's got some serious health things going on. And as we're singing, as, as they're leading you guys, um, they're both standing, and she has her left hand wrapped around him and her right hand lifted in praise. She was literally holding her husband up, right, because he's too weak to stand, and she is praising God the entire time. And I thought, what a wonderful picture of what Christ does for us, you know? Whether it's the good times where we think, I'm good, Jesus, I don't need you, or whether it's the bad times where we think in our head, Jesus, where are you? Where are you? The truth is he's always right there. He's always holding on to you, right? And he encourages us. He empowers us to raise our hearts in worship. And so that's why um, we sing like we do, right? And so we're going to sing this next song, Another in the Fire, and I pray that that would encourage you today. Oh, 
continue in this time of prayer and seeking after the Lord. Again, our, our scripture that I, I shared with you earlier, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. And I just want to take just a minute, again, just encourage you to bow your heads for me. And I want to let you spend some time just praying. And before we dive into the word, see what God says for us. My, my encouragement for you right now, every single one of us, myself included, I want us all to take just a moment and I want us just to sit before the Lord and just say, God, right now my heart is yours. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say in me in your word, whatever you want to convict me of, whatever you want to do in me, it's all yours. I trust you with this. My heart is open to you. You do with me whatever you want. Take just a moment and say that before the Lord. God, this is our prayer. 
our desire. God, we admit that we, we want you, but sometimes we don't know what that means and how we get there and what that looks like. I pray, God, today that your word is clear to us. Your spirit moves mightily. And we will seek you with all of our hearts and you will be found because you promise that's exactly what will happen. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We trust you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, if you have a Bible, let's find 2 Chronicles chapter 14. That's going to be in your Old Testament. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. We're in a series that we're calling If My People. And the idea behind the series is revival. Right? Being revived, being refreshed by God. And the way we're defining revival is revival is the Spirit of God using the Word of God to put fresh spiritual life into the people of God. It's about God using His Word, empowered by His Spirit, to pour fresh life into us. And so my question for you right out of the gate is this. Do you want that? And that's kind of the first thing you're going to have to ask yourself, okay? Do you really want to be revived by God, to be filled fresh by the Spirit of God? Do you want God to do something new and different in you? Do you want this time next year for you to be able to look and say, God has grown me and God has done amazing things in me because I have trusted in Him and asked Him to fill me fresh and make me new? If that's your desire, I pray that it is, and that's what we want to see happening. Um, the scripture that we're using is kind of the foundation for all this is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. The book of 2 Chronicles is kind of God's book on revival uh, in the Old Testament, and 2 Chronicles 7.14 serves as sort of the foundation verse for that. So 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So a couple weeks ago, we began the series looking at just that first line, if my people who are called by my name. And what we said was, revival is based on relationship. What we mean by that is, this isn't some contract, right, where, where if you do this, God does, does this, right, some quid pro quo, right, I'll trade this for that. Revival is about covenant. So if you've trusted by faith in Jesus Christ, then that means you have entered into an unbreaking, unyielding, forever eternal covenant with God. And it doesn't matter how much you struggle or how much you fall or how much you doubt, God has entered into a covenant with you by faith in His Son, and He will never leave you, will never forsake you, will never step away from that. And so revival is about you understanding that that covenant relationship cannot be broken. So even though you've gotten a little spiritual apathetic, you've kind of wandered away, you have gotten more in love with the things of this world, even though you've taken steps back from God, God God has never left you. And so since you know that and you're confident of that, you can easily turn back to him. And he's there. He's never left you. Revival is based on an unbreaking, unyielding, covenantal relationship with God. And as we see that as our foundation, God begins to use certain tools to work this revival into us. We saw last week one of those tools being Humility. We saw that first line there again last week. If my people who are called by my name 
humble themselves. Humility, it's a powerful tool. In fact, it's not just a tool. What we said last week was it's the foundation. It is the ground, the soil in which all the other spiritual fruit in your life is going to grow. If you're not humble, you're not going to see your need to be revived. If you're not humble, you're not going to seek the face of God. If you're not humble, you're not going to pray. If you're not humble, you're not going to turn from your sin. Humility is the foundation for everything. Kind of the illustration that I used last week was, was my water bottle and I said so in in order for me to fill this bottle with any other kind of liquid I must first empty out the contents that's in it first and once it's empty now I can fill it with something else and we said that's humility humility is about you emptying your heart before God emptying yourself to be nothing pouring yourself out all your hopes all your dreams all your desires all your fears all your guilt all your shame whatever you pour all of that out and say I have nothing you ask God to fill you up and be your everything. And then today, what we're going to see building off of that is the next tool, seeking the face of God. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face. We're going to pick prayer up next week, but for today, we're going to look at seeking the face of God. What does that mean? So the word seek there is bakash in the Hebrew, and, and, and here's what it means, to continuously pursue and chase and desire something, right? To go after a thing aggressively, to to almost literally beg for something. You're chasing after it. And this is the way it's describing someone who receives revival from God. You are seeking, chasing, pursuing the face of God. To seek the face of God, I got a little definition for you, means to set aside everything in your life in order to pursue intimacy with him. When it talks about seeking God's face, so a face in the Bible talks, is, is kind of denotes personhood, right? So the face of God is kind of denoting his, his personhood. So when you seek the face of God, what it means is you're seeking him. You're seeking intimacy with him. You're seeking a real relationship with him. You're pursuing him. You're desiring him. You're wanting him. And I want you to see that seeking the face of God requires intentional, constant, on-purpose action. You are seeking Him. You're pursuing Him. You're chasing Him. You're desiring Him. Seeking the face of God is not passive, and it is not accidental. What we're going to see today is, in order for you to be revived, to be filled, to be empowered, to be touched by the hand of God, you've got to seek after Him. You've got to pursue him. You don't accidentally fall rear end first into the face of God. You must seek him. And the Bible is consistent on this point all the way across the scriptures. The power and importance of seeking the face of God. Let me give you just a few scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 4. You will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. First Chronicles 16. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. First Chronicles 22. Set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Jeremiah 29. We've seen already. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
Psalm 24, such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek the face of God. Amos 5, seek me and live. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Matthew 7, seek and you will find. Colossians 3, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Is the consistent teaching of the Bible is if you want to experience God truly, genuinely, you want to experience God, you have to seek Him. And so let's be honest if you are not experiencing revival in the Holy Spirit, if you are not experiencing an infilling of the Spirit of God, if you are not experiencing deep communal relationship and intimacy with God, it is because you are not seeking Him. Do we understand this? Everything God does in your life is an act of His grace. right? Everything is just an act of His mercy. You don't, you don't earn it. You're not worthy of it. We talk about this all the time. And at the same time, though, and I don't know how this works, it's in the mind of God, I don't know, I just read the Bible. On one hand, everything is just an act of His grace, that's it. And on the other hand, listen to me very carefully. Right now at this moment, the level of intimacy you have with God is directly related to how much you are seeking Him. It is a direct one-for-one correlation. The level of intimacy you have with God right now at this moment, however you would quantify that, is directly connected to how much you seek Him. They're one for one. But what happens is often we get sidetracked by the things of this world, distracted by other things that cause us to slip away from seeking the Lord. And and I'll give you an example of that in the Scriptures Luke chapter 10, verse 38. We'll throw it up on the screen. In Luke 10, 38, we're introduced to a couple of sisters, Martha and Mary. It says in Luke 10, 38, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. Who? What was Mary doing? Who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Verse 40, but Martha was what? Distracted. Distracted by sin? No. Distracted by much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to then help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So you see Martha and Mary. And and I think what's happening here with Martha and Mary can get played out in many lives right here in this room. Right? You've got Mary quite literally seeking the face of God. At his feet, in his face, soaking up everything that he could possibly give to her. And then you see Martha. And Martha, I want you to notice isn't doing bad stuff. Martha's serving. Martha's being a helper. Martha's concerned about making sure everything is taken care of. But I want you to see something. So Martha's serving. 
But serving by itself cannot fill you spiritually. So the more you serve, oftentimes you serve but get spiritually dry. So you try to serve some more and then you get spiritually dry. And then you try to serve some more and you get even more spiritually dry. And then what happens is this, just like Martha, you get frustrated and mad at the people who aren't serving like you. So then you come to me and you're like, Pastor Brad, we need a good y'all need to serve sermon. You got to get these people going. They're not serving. They tell them to help me. And here's going to be the problem. Um, If your email sounds just like something Jesus had to rebuke someone about, you might want to hit delete. The answer isn't serving more. The answer is seeking the face of Jesus. And I want you to see again, when we talk about being distracted and not seeking the face of God, we're not talking about you diving headlong into wickedness and immorality. Good things in this world can distract you from seeking the face of God. And they can dry you up spiritually, rob you of all that God has for you. But the only way you get that back is by, like Mary, choosing the good portion, sitting at the feet of Jesus, seeking his face, soaking up intimacy with him. So as we dive into the scriptures today, the question that I have for you is, do you seek the face of God? And that's just a question for you right now before the Lord just to ask, do I seek the face of God? So as we dive into this, we're going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And uh, we're going to look at the life of a king named Asa. Asa was king of Judah, the southern kingdom uh, of God's people there. And um, this idea of seeking God is a mega theme in Asa's life. So in 2 Chronicles, we only have three chapters for Asa's life. 14, 15, and 16. But in those three chapters... This verb of seeking God is mentioned nine times, right? Three chapters, nine times in those three chapters. Seek God, seek God, seek God, seek God, seek God. It's a mega theme of Asa's life. And God is doing that on purpose because he's wanting to show us the importance and value of seeking him. So let's jump in. And see what happens to a life that seeks the face of God. Second Chronicles chapter 14. Let's pick it up in verse 2. All right? Second Chronicles 14, 2. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He took away the foreign altars and the high places and broke down the pillars and cut down the Asherim and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, and to keep the law and the commandments. So you have Asa beginning his reign, seeking God. Asa's starting out strong, right? He's seeking, he's pursuing, he's desiring, he's chasing God. Not only that, he's leading other people to do the same. He's leading by example, and he's commanding them to follow. He's leading all of Judah. Seek God. Let's seek the Lord. It's so encouraging to see Asa doing that at a young age. And, and so, uh, just sort of parenthetically, let me throw that out here as well. Again, if you're... Here today, and you're a young person, right? Elementary school, middle school, high school, college, young adult. Listen to me very carefully, please. Seek God young. Seek Him now. Don't wait. 
Seek him now. If we had time, we could have dozens and dozens of dozens of 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds in this room who would walk up on this stage and say, I'm seeking God today, but I would give anything to go back and would have done it when I was 16. I'd give anything to go back and do it young. Don't wait. Don't wait. Seeking God is not that thing you do once you get older and have families and then we do that thing. Seek God now. Seek God young. Seek God early. Seek God today. Don't wait. This is what Asa did. As a young man, fresh in his kingship, he's seeking God. He's cutting down idols. He's encouraging people to follow him in seeking God. What a strong, great example of a young man. And look what happens as a result of that. Pick it up in verse 7. We see that Asa, because he's seeking God, his hope, his security, his peace, all of that is now found in seeking God. Seeking God brings blessing, right? Verse 7, 2 Chronicles 14. And he said to Judah, this is Asa, let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers, gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, and he has given us peace on every side. So they built and prospered. Asa knew seeking God is where blessing is found. Seeking God is where hope and security and peace and meaning and value and worth is found. I cannot seek the things of this world and get from it what I want to get. I can only find it by seeking God. Same is true for you and I, brothers and sisters. You're only going to find hope and joy and peace and the foundation that you're desperately desiring by seeking the face of God. That's it. And then what we're going to see next, so in verses 9 through 15, seeking the face of God does not mean life goes awesome. Because it didn't for Asa. Verses 9 through 15, the Ethiopian army starts marching towards him. And they're twice as big as him. Twice as many soldiers, twice as many chariots, twice as many archers. They, they are a killing force. And they have their eyes set on Asa and his people. So what's Asa going to do? Pick it up in verse 11, chapter 14. And Asa cried to the Lord his God, O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against us. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled. What you see is God staying true. Again, even in the midst of difficulty and trial and hardship, seeking the face of God and God being true to his people, God being there, God being found. This is Asa, and Asa is, is again, seeking to, to seek the Lord, seek the Lord, and seek the Lord. And in that, God is building him up in hope and security and peace. He's seeing God move miraculously. 
As you are growing in intimacy with God, seeking the face of God, you're going to see him do miracles in your heart, in your life, in your spiritual life. You're going to see him do miracles because you're seeking his face, just like he did here. And then, if you jump to chapter 15, he reiterates this idea that when you seek God, he's trying to set this foundation, when you seek God, your promise that you will find him. So chapter 15, verse 2. A guy named Azariah shows up. He just says he's the son of Oded. Other than that, we don't know who this guy is. But he goes to King Asa in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 2. And he says, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Listen to what he says. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So he's giving this promise. Look, you seek the Lord, he's going to be found by you. You seek God and you will find him. This is the same promise that God is giving you today. If you seek God, you will find him. Listen to me. If you seek God, you will find him. So what did Asa do? Verse 12. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and with all their soul. But whoever would not seek the Lord, the God of Israel, should be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They took that stuff serious. Verse 14. They swore an oath to the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with horns. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn with all their hearts and had sought him with their whole desire, and he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. Look real quick at these verses again and how it's describing it. Look at verse 12. They're t- they're, they, they, they seek the Lord with all their hearts and with all their soul. Verse 15, all Judah rejoiced over the oath for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire. And what happened as a result? 15, he was found by them. God promises to be found when you seek him with all your heart. When you seek God with all your heart. Listen to me. The Bible says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It does not say, you will find God if you stand around and do nothing. The Bible does not say, listen to me, you will find God when your spiritual life is set on autopilot. It does not say, you will find God when you just do the bare minimum to still call yourself a Christian. God does not promise to be found by you, so don't be shocked when you can't find him. He says, seek me with all your hearts, then you'll find me. Let go of everything. Stop holding on to the stupid, trivial, silly things of this world. What people think of you and and how you're going to advance in this world. Let go of that stuff and seek God with all 
your heart? Do you seek God with everything? If you're not seeking God with everything, here's how you know. Like it just, it's not, it's not clicking. It's not, right, you you know you're seeking the Lord with all your heart when you're genuinely saying everything is his. Now again, the reason I think the Lord says seek me with all your heart is because that's a continual process. I don't think there's ever coming a point in our lives, this side of heaven, where we go, check, done, my entire heart. Because we're always in process of searching our heart and repenting of sin and seeking after the Lord. I think that's why he uses that language. Keep seeking God with everything that you have. And as he shows you things that aren't seeking him, lay that down and repent and seek him even harder now. Seek God with everything so that he can be found by you. And when you're not seeking God with all your heart, things are just off. Uh, look at the screens behind me. So typically we have both screens going. You notice that one's blank. So track with this. Especially if, if this is your first time. Then, but but if, if you've been here before, especially if you like sit on this half right here, it's totally different worshiping, wasn't it? Right? Because you're used to just looking at that one. But now you're like... When you're just seeking God with half your heart, you know it because you just have a really hard time seeing him. Seeing him for who he is. Pursuing him for who he is. But when your whole heart is given to God, when all that you have is laid before him, and anything that he would show you that's not pursuing him, you gladly lay down and say, okay, Lord, that's yours also. When that is your heart, everything just opens up and you're seeing him now for who he is. Seek him. Seek him. But just to kind of put a fine point on it and help you understand, let's jump to chapter 16, and let's uh, quickly see what happens when we don't seek the face of God. So in chapter 16, uh, Asa's life takes a weird, goofy turn. Like 14 and 15, dude is rocking. He is doing amazing. He is seeking God. He's pursuing God. He's... But chapter 16, something weird happens. So, so he's leading the southern kingdom, and then there's the northern kingdom of Israel. And the northern kingdom comes to attack Asa in the southern kingdom. But instead of turning to the Lord, like he did with the Ethiopians, Asa doesn't turn to God. Instead, he turns to the king of Syria and asks the king of Syria, will you break your treaty with the northern tribes of Israel and come help me beat these guys? And he does, and indeed they beat the northern tribes. And so Asa's thinking, done. Like, I'm amazing. Nailed it. But here's what God says to him. Chapter 16, verse 7. At that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. You have done foolishly in this. 
From now on, you will have wars. Then Asa was angry with the seer and put him in stocks in prison. For he was enraged with him because of this. And Asa inflicted cruelties upon some of the people at this time. What you see happening here is Asa is being rebuked by God because he's turning to worldly assistance rather than trusting in God. What about you and I? Where do you turn in time of need? Again, seeking God. So Asa sought God in good times, had a difficult time, sought the Lord in that, and then things were really good. He had peace on all sides, and so he's seeking God, and it's great. But then something difficult, something bad, another army comes in. When things of difficulty come, where do you turn? Do you turn to God, or do you turn to the things of this world? And and we don't have a king of Syria to turn to, so you know what we turn to? Self-help. Sociological and psychological theories and ideas and treatments that don't have a biblical view of God, of you, of sin, of your need to repent. We turn to these things for help. And it's the exact same thing as Asa turning to the king of Syria. You're turning to someone or something other than God. This is what Asa did. Do we? And then if you keep on reading, things get even worse. Jump down to verse 12. It spirals down for Asa. Verse 12, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was diseased in his feet. And his disease became severe. Look at this. Yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but sought help from physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers, dying in the 41st year of his reign. Now, the point of this text isn't to say that going to a doctor is wrong. It's not the point. The, the, the Bible is abundantly clear that God views medicine in, in a very uh, good way. It's a gift from God. But the important thing is not so much that he went to a physician, but but who did Asa actively seek to not go after? God. Right? Verse 12. He did not seek the Lord, but went after earthly things to help him. What you see here with Asa is this sort of spiritual principle of momentum. All right? Um, As you seek God... The desire for God is going to grow, and you're going to seek Him even more. And the desire for Him is going to grow, and you're going to seek Him even more. And the desire for Him is going to grow, and you're going to seek Him even more. You're going to keep seeking Him more and more and more because you realize how beautiful and glorious and amazing and awesome He is and how much you need Him. So you seek, and you seek, and you seek, and you seek. But what you also see with Asa is the other side of this spiritual principle of momentum. If you seek the world, you're going to desire the world more and more and take a step away from God. And then you desire the world even more and you'll crave the world and go after the world even more and take another step away from God. And then you crave the world even more and desire the world even more and go after the world even more and take another step away from God. If you pursue intimacy with God, you will have a growing desire for God. And if you pursue the things of this world, you will have a growing desire for this world. And what you see with Asa also is, again, he started great and ended really bad. And as a pastor, 
I am I'm so sad to have conversations with people who say things like, you know, I used to really be on fire for God. I used to really seek the Lord. But when I was young, when I was in youth, man, we did this and did that, and I was really growing in the Lord and hungry for the Lord. Well, what happened? Well, you know, just life and you go off to school and you know, it's just hard to get connected with the church and Listen, if there's something we're going to learn from Asa, it's this. I want you to hear this. God does not have a seek my face bank account. Right? You, you can't store that stuff up from the past and live off of it today. It doesn't matter that you used to seek God's face. Do you seek him now? It doesn't matter that you used to be on fire. What about today? The The hard life lesson for Mesa is this. Don't stop seeking God. Start young. Seek Him in times of difficulty. And then don't stop. Keep seeking the face of God. Here's how you know you can stop seeking the face of God. You open your eyes and you're looking directly into His face. Until that happens, seek Him. Don't stop. Don't stop. Seek the face of God. So how do we do that? Let's, 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 let's wrap it up with this. How do we seek the face of God? So um, as you, as you kind of see that idea, how do we seek the face of God, what may pop up into your mind is, here's the part of the message where I tell you the things to do. Right? Read your Bible more. Now, God has sovereignly chosen to reveal himself in a book. And so, by definition, seeking his face will involve you actively being in that book, seeking him. So, yes, you cannot with a straight face say that you're seeking the face of God, but you're very haphazardly engaging with the word. You're not seeking the face of God. Um, Or now, maybe the time where you think I'd say, you need to pray more, which is probably true. Right? You, you probably do. Next week we're going to do a whole service on the importance of prayer in being revived by God. Yes, absolutely. And, and again, if your prayer life is very um, bleh, you can't say with a straight face that you're seeking the face of God. You just can't. Right? You're not. Or you may think this is where I tell you you need to be more involved with church. Which again, okay, again, if, if your involvement with the body of Christ is you popping in here a few times a month to hear me talk, you can't with a straight face say you're seeking the face of God. You're not, right? This is what I call the I love you but portion of the sermon, all right? I love you, but you're not seeking the face of God. So yes, time in the Word and time in prayer and engagement with the body of Christ, absolutely. But here's what I want to do today. Um, now, those things matter, and we seek to train you up and disciple you in those things. Like, we have 
um, what we call equip classes, 8, 10, 12-week courses where we teach you how to study your Bible so that you can seek God, how to pray so you can seek God, how to be plugged into the body of Christ so that you can seek God, how to really live out this, this and experience the full life of Christ so that you can seek God. We actively seek to teach you and equip you and train you in those things. Sign up for any of those classes. We want to do all of that. All of that matters, okay? But for right now today, I want to bypass that for a moment and not touch that. I want to jump past the things that you should be doing. And I want to ask the question, why aren't you seeking the face of God? Uh, one of the things, sort of the gospel, one of the gospel truths that I keep saying over and over and over uh, for you is, Christianity is more about your heart than your hands. Right? If you've been here for long, you've heard me say that. Christianity is more about your heart than your hands. If your heart is turned towards God, your hands are eventually going to follow. You're going to start doing the things that he tells you to do. Right? You're going to stop doing sin. You're going to start doing right things. Right? If your heart is right, your hands are going to follow. What happens oftentimes is we, we skip the heart and jump straight to the hands. And here are the things I need to do. Right? I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And if you, again, if you've been in church longer than 10 minutes... You probably tried that. Okay, I need to, I need to, I, you hear a sermon on seeking the face of God, and you go, okay, that's what I need to do. I'm going to seek God's face. I'm going to set my alarm even earlier. I'm going to have a better quiet time. I'm going to plug into another Bible study at church. I'm going to do it. But if the heart hasn't been changed, and you're just jumping to what your hands need to do now, that's going to fizzle out eventually. And again, if you've been here longer than 10 minutes, you've probably done that. I have. I have. I've jumped to the hands, and it hasn't worked. The heart has to be changed. Don't worry about what your hands are doing right now. Focus on your heart. I was listening to a podcast this week. Um, it, was, uh, it wasn't a Christian podcast, um, but um, it, was, <clears throat> it was a guy interviewing a former um, uh, SEAL Team 6 member. And so they were just talking about military life and all that kind of stuff. So they are kind of going through it. It wasn't about Christianity. Um, but as we're just talking about military life and all that's going on, um, it, the, the, the guy became a Christian. He wasn't a Christian in the service, but then towards the end of his service became a believer. And, and so he just kind of starts talking about that. It's like, you know, you know how, how my life is different because I became a Christian. And, and then he starts dropping F-bombs, right? And so he's like, man, I just blank and love Jesus, like with all my heart. And then he stops and he says, wait, 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 I'm sorry. I'm really trying hard. It's just... For over two decades, that was just the life I was immersed in, and it's just stuck in me. I'm trying really, really hard not to do that, but my heart is I just want to love the Lord, so I apologize for saying that. I'm going to try really hard not to say that anymore. You know what? I am, I am so excited about that guy. You know why? He's seeking the Lord with his heart. Does his hand and his mouth need to get cleaned up? Yep, and that's going to happen. Right? He even confessed that. I'm going to, I, I, up. I'm, I should not have said that. I'm sorry. It just kind of flows out of me sometimes. That's not, that's not in my heart, though. That's not what I want to say. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm, I'm really going to not do that again. His heart is turned to the Lord. It's only a matter of time. His hands are going to follow. Right? That's going to happen. That God's going to clean that up. If his heart is turned to the Lord, God's going to clean that stuff up. Same thing with us. We talk about seeking the face of God. Don't jump to the hands. Let's focus on the hearts. If your heart is bent towards seeking God, your hands are going to follow. What you need to do in your quiet time and in your prayer life and your involvement in the church, that's going to get worked out. 
right? You're going to grow in that if your heart is bent towards seeking him. Making sense? So let's, just for a quick second, unpack this verse, James 4, 8. All right, James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Um, so again, I want you to see the, the, the command of the promise. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Right? This is a command. But I want to ask the question, why don't we do that? Right? Why don't we? Why don't we seek after God? Why don't we draw near to God? If he promises to, to be found when we seek him, if he promises to draw near to us, if we draw near to him, why don't we do that? And I believe the honest answer is this. The reason you don't seek after God with all your heart is because, if we're honest, you just love other stuff more. You will seek after what you find to be the most desirable. Whatever you think is most desirable, that is what you will seek. Right? Why is it that you will skip going to the gym, but you will not skip eating cake? Why is that? Because you love cake a lot more than you love the gym. Right? You're eating cake. You're halfway through eating cake. You're like, this is amazing. You're halfway through your workout at the gym and you're thinking, I'm a grown adult. I don't have to be here. I can make my own choices. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? You skip the gym and don't skip cake because you love cake and you really hate the gym. But, track with this. What happens when your mind shift changes and you no longer go to the gym and skip cake because you just know you should? But now your mindset shift changes and you genuinely see the joy and benefit and satisfaction that's going to come with you being healthy. You're going to actually see your grandkids get married. Right? You're, going to, you're going to actually be able to enjoy life. You're going to be able to get out and play. Right? You're going to be able to go play golf again. Like You can see, okay, okay do I enjoy going to the gym? Mm, no. Um. But I have a greater vision of how good life is going to be when I'm healthy, and that is what drives me. Does that make sense? So it's no longer about the individual decision of, do I like going to the gym or not? It's I have a greater vision of, I want to be healthy so I can have a better life, so I'm going to do whatever I have to do to be healthy. This is us and the Lord. It's not about you having the right quiet time or having enough time in prayer or being right, plugged in the right amount of stuff at church. When you have a true vision, a true vision of how glorious and amazing and beautiful and awesome God is, now you're going to seek Him. You seek after what you find most beautiful, most desirable. You seek after what you love. And so our prayer today is that God would open up the eyes of our heart to see how glorious and awesome and beautiful and amazing God is so that now we're going to seek him. Now we're going to seek him. And as that happens, we get that last part. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. As you see God for who he is, as you see him for who he is, you chase after him. You pursue him, you desire him, you long for him. So you cleanse your hands from the other junk that you've been chasing after. 
You purify your heart because you don't want that stuff anymore. You love God. You desire God. You pursue God. You're not double-minded anymore going after God sometimes and going after these things the other time and going after God this time and going after the world this time. No, you're not double-minded anymore. You're just seeking God because you see how beautiful He is. So I want to ask you to bow your heads for me as we wrap up here. And as our band comes and, and gets set up, I want to encourage you just to take a minute and I want you to pray that God would open up the eyes of your heart to see how beautiful and glorious and amazing he is. When he says, seek me and you will find me, the key to you seeking God is you seeing how glorious and amazing he is and so you want him so bad so that you now seek him with all that you have, right? It all starts with the vision of God. If you see God for who he is, you're going to want him. You're going to desire him. You're going to pursue him. So we need to pray today that God would open up our eyes to see him for who he really is. And that when we see how beautiful and glorious and amazing he is, we're going to pursue him. And as we do that, I want us to ask God today to show us anything in our lives that we're seeking other than him. Ask God that. Lord, is there anything in my life I'm seeking other than you? Is there anything I'm pursuing more than I'm pursuing you? Ask God to show you if there's anything you're depending on for strength and guidance other than him. In times of trouble, in times of fear, in times of doubt, where do you go? Do you seek anything over and above God? Even good things, like we saw with Asa. Is going to the doctor a bad thing? No, go to the doctor. But is that really just a mask for the fact that you just don't trust God and you're not seeking Him? Where do you go? And lastly, praise God that He is Emmanuel, God with us. And that when you seek him, he's right there. If you've trusted by faith in Christ, you have entered into a covenant relationship with him. He is there. He hasn't left you or forsaken you. Seeking him is as easy as just turning and saying, God, I know that you're there and I want you. I need you. Help me. So you're going through a fire, perhaps. Just like Asa. Asa had a bad time come into his life. He had an army come in, threatening him. And he had a choice. Am I going to seek God or am I going to seek earthly help? One time he sought God, one time he didn't. What about you today? Say you're in the fire. Do you believe that he is there? Do you believe that you can seek him even in the midst of that? Our band is going to lead us. And I encourage you to spend some time just with the Lord. Confessing whatever you need to confess. Repent whatever you need to repent of. But even more than that, take some time here this morning. Just worshiping God for who He is. Seeing God for who He is. And as you see Him for who He is, you're going to seek Him. God, give us a vision of You. Show us who You are. Show us how beautiful and glorious and worthy and amazing You are so that we will seek You because You're worth it. Thank You, Jesus. We pray this in Your name. Amen. Amen. So we, uh, 
we change plans a little bit, we're going to do this song again because I know I know many of you, and I know that you are currently going through something that's that's terribly difficult, and I know others are are in a wonderful place. But I want to I want to sort of I want to remind you of the most important thing. It's not is God helping me, but it's does God know me, right? So it starts with a personal relationship with Christ. You have to have that first. So for the man or the woman or the child that has never accepted Christ and has never heard the gospel, call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And for the believers, turn back to him. Seek him with all your heart, as as Pastor Brad said, so that you may find him. So again, I encourage you to stand with us and sing or sit and reflect, but in all things may we be found to be worshiping our Lord. Let's see.
thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of, of trial and of difficulty and of pain, God, you are there. We will turn to you and seek you with all of our hearts, and you will be found. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We need you. Give us fresh vision and understanding as to who you are, how beautiful and glorious you are, so that we would want to serve you and seek you with all of our hearts so we can find you and be changed by you. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, have a seat for me real quick because we're going to wrap up here. And as we do, uh, if you're a guest with us, welcome. We're glad that you're here with us today. If you are a guest, we'd love to connect with you. Best way you can do that is to text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, 910-424-1298. But for everyone that's here, Three big announcements. Everything that, you know everything that's going on. Big things happening. One is this, baptism. We're going to have a baptism celebration February 12th. If you are ready to talk to us about being baptized, you can text the word baptism to our number, 910-424-1298. So we can touch base with you about that and hear your story, uh, how you're ready for baptism. Uh, second, ladies retreat, beach retreat. That's going to be March 9th to the 12th. Uh, total cost for that's 150 deposit 30 due by February 9th. If you want to sign up for that, text the word BEACH to our number, 910-424-1298. And then lastly, our men, we're going to have a breakfast Saturday, February 4th at 8 o'clock. If you want to sign up for that, guys, just text the word BREAKFAST to our number, 910-424-1298. And then for all our other announcements... Download our app, iTunes, Google Play. You can also give online through the app or give in the giving boxes as you leave. Whatever works best for you, all right? Hey, let me pray for us and let us go. Lord, we just thank you. We pray, God, again, that you would give us fresh insight as to who you are so that we would love you and pursue you with all that we have. We need you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great week. See you.